to Arizona State. Right. I'm a sun devil, man. State of the Sun Devils with Jeremy Schnell, Jesse Morrison, and Mitch Vereldis, an Arizona sports podcast. Hello and welcome into another edition of State of the Sun Devils alongside Jesse Morrison and Mitch Vereldis. I'm Jeremy Schnell. Guys, it was a pretty tough weekend for ASU men's basketball as they lost both games. But there's a lot going on in other worlds of football and other stuff going on in terms of ASU athletics. Jesse, why don't you start us off? Tell us what's going on in the world of ASU athletics. All right. We're going to get to this football schedule. That was released on Tuesday. Um, It is uh, interesting. Very interesting schedule. So uh, on August 31st, ASU will play Wyoming at home. On September 7th, ASU will play Mississippi State at home. Then, back-to-back weeks on the road in Texas, first at Texas State, and then their first Big 12 game at Texas Tech. Then they have a bye week. And then on October 5th, they play Kansas, followed by a short week to Utah on Friday of uh, October 11th. Cincinnati on the road, October 19th, and then... This is interesting. Another bye. And then they play at Oklahoma State. Then they're home against UCF. Then at Kansas State, home against BYU. And then at Arizona on the 30th of November, which is the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Only odd game that they have is that Utah game on Friday. No other games are going to be on Thursdays or Fridays or whatever. If only there was a third bye week, we could call this an in sync schedule. You know, you got to buy, buy, buy. Three well, times technically, they don't year. play on week zero, no, so you can count he, that as. <laughs> Jesse, do you get the joke? He, he's doing the in sync bye, bye, bye. Oh, oh. I should have sung it. That probably would have helped better. Yeah, yeah, it would have point. been it would have been better. Yeah. yeah he, yep. did, he did the yeah. thing that you didn't understand. And so it made the thing bad because if you have to explain your joke, it's a bad joke. Yeah, or I. But it was a good joke. He felt good about the joke. So, um, it's an interesting schedule, and I think here a lot of people are saying like they're underwhelmed, right? And the reason being is because it's something new. I think in two or three years' time, we're going to look at the schedule and be excited about it, right? We're still excited about it. We're it's something new. We're excited, but there's a lot of unknown there, Mitch. Right? No, 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 no. No, here's why I'm underwhelmed. Here's exactly why I'm underwhelmed. Can we just think about what last year's schedule entailed or even two years ago? Because they only played four road games last year, if I recall correctly. L.A., Palo Alto, Seattle, Eugene, even Corvallis has its charm and its beauty to it, right? What do we got this year? We've got Lubbock, Cincinnati, (laughs) Stillwater. Hey, hey, you know what? In comparison to like Seattle or L.A., this is a massive step down when it comes to the opportunities in terms of excitement about where these teams are going to be going. Right. You don't necessarily think about that when it comes to these different conferences, but this is a stark difference in comparison to what we're used to as far as destinations that this team is going to be visiting. Jesse, I would like to make a counterpoint to that though is yeah 
it, they're a little bit more underwhelming from a city perspective, from, but from a college town perspective, this is awesome. They're going to be playing in some real environments, some great environments this year that we don't necessarily always see in the Pac-12. Yes, Seattle, Washington, that's been a good atmosphere as of late. Um, but the L.A. schools, even even USC, not the best atmosphere all the time. So I think it'll be cool to see a place like Stillwater with Oklahoma State, uh, the Little Apple in Manhattan, Kansas for Kansas State. Like the Cincinnati has one of the most I know it's this one's a big city, but it is one of the most iconic stadiums, one of the oldest, uh, basically cathedrals in college football. So that will be really cool. And then Texas Tech, uh, you know, another college town that will probably be fun. And then Texas State is in Austin or outside of Austin. So if you if you want to go and you know check out that town which is apparently awesome and has a great music scene, like you can go do that. So again, I'm not really too disappointed about this. I, underwhelmed is not something that crossed my mind at all. What did cross my mind is the back-to-back games between Kansas and Utah. Cuz Kansas is no cakewalk anymore. They're a good team. So you got to play Kansas. Yes, you're coming off a bye, but you've got to play Kansas. And then on a short week, you're going to play Utah with assuming Cam Rising on a Friday. That, to me, is a brutal, brutal stretch for ASU. And uh, I I don't think that's good. But it, it, the, the light, what is good about it is that they have a bye, then three games, which are Kansas, Utah, Cincinnati, and then another bye. So hopefully they can, you know, use the two buys to kind of um, propel them in in those games. But that that stretch to me is <laughs> like like really you're gonna make them play Utah on a Friday after playing Kansas. I'm really nervous about how the season starts, guys. Um, Wyoming is no joke. They're a good school. They beat Texas Tech last year, a team that ASU lost to as well. Um, I think the first six games of this schedule look really tough, and, and even, I mean the whole schedule looks tough to begin with. But if you they look, didn't slouch on any of their opponents, like obviously no. they're required to play the Big Twelve opponents. They are, but the three non-conference opponents: Wyoming's in the Mountain West, Mississippi State's in the SEC, and Texas State is not only in a prime location in terms of the other college that takes place in Austin, but they're still a competitive football team. There is no cakewalk part of this schedule for ASU next year. Yeah, Texas State is a solid program, and the Sun Belt like, continuously gets better. I, can't, I don't even remember how many bowl teams they had this year, but they had a lot, uh, or this past year. So, um, yeah, the schedule's not going to be easy. I'm not sure it's harder than this past year's schedule for ASU uh, because the Pac-12 was an absolute gauntlet brutal this past season. So I I don't remember how many times in a row like ASU played top 25 teams or whatever it was. Um, But that was, that was tough for a while. And at least they host Utah uh, this year, but you know, BYU, Kansas state, UCF, Oklahoma state, U of A is still going to be good. They, even though they lost their coach, they still have, Fafita and McMillan coming back. Uh, again, SEC with Mississippi State. Just overall, tough schedule. I don't know how ASU is going to do, but we will get to our predictions much later than today. Uh, Mitch, what game are you most excited about? 
I think the BYU game could be interesting because that, as far as history between them and Arizona State, it goes back to before ASU was even in the Pac-10 because those two were a couple of West Coast teams that would play each other a lot back in the day. I'm also just curious to see how this team responds against uh, like the familiar opponents. So when they play Utah this season, how will they adjust having played them as many years as they have in the past? Same with Arizona, as we wonder about every year. But the BYU one sticks out to me the most because they were one of the initial joiners of the Big 12 when schools started moving around conference-wise. So they have a little bit of experience. But it they've been removed quite a bit from that marvelous Zach Wilson season that they had a few years ago. Yeah, that season was uh, was a joke. Honestly, they played nobody. So, yeah, BYU fans, you can come at me for that, but whatever, I don't care. Um, <laughs> anyway, if you want me to respond to this uh, question as well, Jeremy, um, the game I am most excited for is Mississippi State. I mean, come on. When was the last time ASU welcomed in an SEC program to uh, Mountain America Stadium? That is going to be awesome. Uh, just an, a matchup against an SEC school in general. And then if I was going to pick a second place, it would be UCF because, you know, 2017 national champs. Uh, I would I would say that the first two weeks on the schedule are the are the games that I'm circling on my calendar. That's going to tell me what this team is all about right off the bat. If they lose both games right away, they're in trouble. But if they come out and they beat both these teams, we could see a totally different team than what we've seen in the past three seasons. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, like like we said, there's no easy game on this slate like from the from the onset. And ASU only has familiarity playing two of these opponents on this schedule. So it's going to be a whole... Well, actually three, because this will be the third year in a row they're playing Oklahoma State. But it's going to be a whole new animal for Arizona State this year. And I'm hoping that the consistency and the carryover from last year's Kenny Dillingham team in the inaugural season really helps propel them into this upcoming year. Um, let's now look at the road team, a road game that we'd most want to go to. I know my answer, and I was uh, enthralled to see people's answers on the poll that you put out yesterday on the Burns and Gambo show account on Twitter or X. Um, <laughs> how everybody I'm wants so- to go to Lubbock, Texas is beyond me, uh. but Cincinnati literally has two professional sports, three professional sports teams, and Skyline Chili. Why would you not want to go to Skyline Jeremy, Chili? You, eat Sky- you would not eat Skyline Chili. What? You would you don't not want- eat Skyline I- Chili. I'll-, I'll eat cheese fries. They have cheese fries at Skyline Chili. <laughs> yeah, but you won't eat chili on noodles. That's that's way above your... I, for for I, I the mean, listening it, audience, Jeremy doesn't Rome, have a Jesse. very advanced taste. When what was Rome. that, Jeremy? One in Rome. Okay. All right. I'll believe it when I see it. But um, I-, I feel like Cincinnati is the, like... The clear number one answer about a pl- the place that you'd want to be. Nobody want to want wants to go to Manhattan, Kansas. Whoa, 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 whoa especially whoa, whoa. not in November. Whoa, whoa. whoa. You want to go one. to Manhattan? Yes, number one. That is my number one choice because number one, it's the Little Apple, and number Jeez. two, big opportunity for football weather. Snow game. I would love that. I love I love football weather. We are deprived of football weather in Arizona. It is a 
absolute bummer that we can't have snow games out here. Even the school that could have snow games plays in a dome. It's absolutely atrocious. But yes, um, that that would be actually the number one choice for me. So hot take on that one. And then number two would be Texas State because I've always wanted to go to Austin. Um, hopefully there would be some good music that I could, uh, you know, listen to while I'm there. Uh, and then, and then after that would be Cincinnati because yeah, I mean, I, I've been to Cincinnati, but like, I haven't really explored Cincinnati. So, and that stadium of course is super iconic. I guess looking at this sentimentally for me, the, uh, fraternity that I was a part of in college, the alpha chapter is based in Stillwater, Oklahoma. So if I wanted to get sentimental about a trip on multiple layers, I guess I would pick Oklahoma State in that regard. But, man, just thinking about the – it Tucson included, by the way, thinking about the destinations that Arizona State is heading to this year, Austin might be the best one, but it's not the most intriguing team to go visit, right? Like there's a better team within that own city. I that don't know. Texas State has had state. really good luck in the transfer Jeremy, portal the past Texas few seasons. Texas wins the playoff. What are you doing? I, I'm talking about no, TCU was terrible last year. Uh, in Dallas. <laughs> we're talking about UT Austin. Oh, sorry. Only. Duh. Um, Get but, your cities correct. Come I, on. My bad. Come on, no, Jeremy. But, but Texas State has had great luck in the transfer portal the last two years. I mean, that's fine. And I'm cool. not trying to diss Texas State. They're a good team. I'm, that is going to be a tough matchup for this team. Yeah, I don't I'm really just care, to... honestly. I don't really care about the matchup as much as, like, seeing the the college town slash city. And, again, right. Little Apple gives me an opportunity for a snow game. And even though I'd be up in a press box, I'd probably, you know, at least head outside for a little bit, experience well, the, guess... the football weather. I guess in October, hope the Bengals are home that next Sunday and hope the Reds are in the playoffs because otherwise I'm not really sure my initial outset close-minded intrigue. Yeah. What about FC Cincinnati? I'm very close-minded, Jeremy, and I don't know anything about soccer. Herm Edwards, what is he doing? Why is he saying things? Why is he talking about keep our school's name out your mouth? Like, that's it's enough. I, I don't want to hear him dumb, talk dumb. about us anymore. It's making me so upset. Did you guys hear this? I, I'm, I assume you guys heard this. Can I play it for you so you guys can understand how mad I am about this? By, by all means, yeah. play it. I didn't learn anything. I laugh at people when they say he's a game manager. I recruited the kid when he came out of high school. <laughs> so, <laughs> I saw what kind of quarterback he was. He'd come to us, he went to Iowa. And I ended up getting a pretty good guy in Jaden Daniels. So it all worked out. But at the end of the day... Um, I think he's proven to everybody that he's more than just a game manager. He is actually a really good quarterback. And in two games now in playoff competition, uh, when they were behind, he, he he closed that gap and brought them back and, and took the lead against Green Bay. Obviously, he did that. And in this game uh, against an opponent where they had him down early, they were beating him up. And all of a sudden, those second opportunities that he got, um, he took advantage of it, not only with his arm, but his legs. And he played off script, and that was shocking to a lot of people. He actually, he actually can run around and throw the ball and make plays. Yeah, I can do that too. So I just think we got to look at Brock, Brock Purdy and say, you know what, um, he's really a good quarterback. And you can say whatever you want about You can rate him whatever you want to rate him. I know this. 
All he does is win, and he's winning big in playoff games. Yeah, so, uh, Mitch, please, your thoughts. First of all, he's wrong on a couple of accounts, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, first of all, the obvious thing that he's wrong about, Brock Purdy went to Iowa State, not Iowa, and whether he was trying to generalize it as the state that he went to, it doesn't matter. It's going to get interpreted as, well, he said Brock Purdy went to Iowa, and as the three of us talking about a state school podcast, we know how annoying it is when the state gets left off when talking about a university. So that's number one. Number two, we've seen the fallout as far as Herm claiming that they recruited Brock out of high school. No, they didn't. If anything, the most, this is from Donnie Antis, own personal account on uh, X. The most that they did was offer him a preferred walk-on, which is, it's, it's kind of a slap in the face looking at it in hindsight, of course. But at the same time, this kid is in your own backyard. He's performing at absurd levels for a Perry team that was one of the best high school teams when Brock was there. He was an astoundingly good student. If you if if we love this scholar athlete stuff so much and the most that he can do is go to Iowa State. Like, come on. This is the last person I wanted to hear from on this Brock Purdy subject was Herm Edwards. But of course, because he's on the biggest platform, we get to hear about him talking about how, oh, I recruited Brock Purdy, blah, 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 blah. All right, I'm done. Jesse, it's your turn to rant. All right. I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate, kind of, sort of, little. How dare you? And this this is this is what I'm going to say. Yes, it would have been great if Brock Purdy had come to Arizona State. Looking back at it now, he was a very good college quarterback who had a lot more success at Iowa State, won a Fiesta Bowl than Arizona State had in the entire time that he was in college. That being said, if they had had Jaden Daniels in here and Brock Purdy in here, I really do not see Brock Purdy starting over Jaden Daniels at really any time. I could have seen him taking the job his last year in 2021 when Jaden was really struggling. But in 2019, Brock wasn't going to start. 2020, there were two there were too few games for ASU to go to Brock. And then in 2021, maybe it happens. So yeah, the 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 stuff that Herm was saying is not great. And you know, it would have been nice to see Brock Purdy here looking back at you know what he has now done and now now he's in the Super Bowl. Um, and it seems like he has a really good connection with a former Arizona State wide receiver, Brandon Ayuk. But I don't know if he would have started over a guy that has now won a Heisman Trophy. Just just my opinion. Yeah, it's just not really great from Herm Edwards. But like, I just feel like as ASU fans overall, this is what he wants. He wants us talking about him. So, like, I think we should just all move on. Mm. And if he says something about us, let's just not talk about him anymore. Just let him do his thing. I, I Like, I just don't care anymore. We're moving on. We have a coach in Kenny Dillingham that we all like right now. And um, he is trying to change the narrative about recruiting in the Valley by his new slogan, Activate the Valley. So, hopefully, we don't miss on a guy like Brock Purdy again. Guys, it's time to go over basketball before we get out of here. It was bad. 
They lost to Oregon State 84 to 71. It wasn't even that real. It wasn't even that close really throughout the whole game. Nope. They were losing nope, throughout nope, the whole nope, game. Nope. Uh 34% from the field, 3 for 26 from 3. Uh were killed on the glass 47 to 26. Hey, free throws were good though, Jesse. Yeah, 22 of 25. Yay. I can't believe they had 22 free throws. That's like all throws. the points they scored. Yeah, 22 free throws of the 71. Yeah, not good. Okay, this team's supposed to be a defensive first team, and they've allowed 80 points in back-to-back games. Especially, yeah, I know Oregon State beat U of A, but Oregon State is not that good. This entire conference is not that good. Um, just a Just a disappointing effort all around. Like it allowed Oregon State to shoot 49 free throws. Like, come on. And then, like, that that's just that's bad defense. And then the, the rebounding, too. Again, not good. Uh, three for 26 from three. It's just, it just doesn't seem like this team's going to be able to get over the hump this season. Um, and it wasn't like they were playing terrible the whole game again. Like, they made a run in the second, in the first half. And then it all you know, unraveled toward the end of the first half. I, they can't put together, like, I, as I, as I've said, there's no college teams going to put together a full 40 minutes, but this team sometimes can go so far away from that, that they just are out of the game. It seems like for like the last 10 minutes of it, even when they like, they, I know they had those comeback wins, but that seems so long ago. Now they've now lost four of five. Just overall, not not good, not looking good. Um, they need to rattle off some wins right now. This is very reminiscent to me of when they lost against San Francisco last year. And at, at that point, granted, they were riding a much higher high than they've had at any point this season outside of the four-game win streak. But it was stark in terms of how poor they had started out of the gate against a team that they were one projected to beat and two, at least we're going to remain competitive with because San Francisco has had that history as a fringe NCAA contender, right? This is almost borderline unacceptable. The point being is that you're not supposed to let the team that has the last second three pointer to win continue to ride that high. You're supposed to go in there and remind them, no, 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 no. You just got off scot-free. And instead, they found themselves down by 20 throughout most of this game. Absolutely abhorrent. Like, you've got to be kidding me. It's the, I call it every year, it's the auto-cannibalism of the conference. It just eats itself alive because it doesn't want to see the success. We got it in football this year. Thank God we're not getting it in basketball this year. There's no way. This conference is abysmal this year. It's going to be tough for ASU to make the tournament at this point. We talked about that post-game after the Oregon game the other day, and hopefully they rattle off some wins here, and they got to do it fast because if not, they're going to get behind the eight ball and then have to make a huge run and possibly win the Pac-12 tournament. So that's the only chance that they have right now of making the tournament. That's it. That's all they got. This team, they're 11-9. and nine. Like, no. <laughs> Women's I basketball, they lost. I predicted to- them to, hold on, hold on. I predicted them to win 12 games this year. They're still not there. Women's basketball got destroyed 80-50 to by Stanford. But, hey, they won against Cal 76-71. to Jalen Brown had 21 points. She's coming on strong lately, Jesse. Yeah. Um, where the, you know, Stanford, 
ASU just doesn't have the players that Stanford has right now, um, especially in the post. Like Cameron Brink is unstoppable. They couldn't stop her. Um, so that game I'm going to throw away. But two, two back-to-back wins or two back-to-back weekends with a win in conference play after what we've seen this team struggle at is really good. So, you know, where the men's team is trending down, women's team definitely trending up. Jalen Brown, heck of a player. Um, you know, they've reached double-digit wins, which they, they did not do last year. Um, so, you know, I think that um, it's time to just kind of be patient with uh, Coach A because I think that um, they might be, you know, building th- some things and turning the corner. Their offense has looked really good. Um so I think that uh, it, it'll just be interesting to watch the rest of the season, see how many more Pac-12 wins they can get. But if they can get a couple more, that's really building on last season. Around Sun Devil Athletics real quick, Mitch, hockey moved up to 17 despite not playing. Now they have a big weekend against Lindenwood. That's kind of nice for them to gain a spot without having to play. That makes the, uh, that makes the uh, quote-unquote bye week rather uh, beneficial. Um, Look, we need to see them get back into a groove. They've only won one out of their last four, if I'm not mistaken. So hopefully the rest was good for them because they need they need the wins badly if they want a shot at the frozen four. Both men's and women's tennis, they're four and one. Men's tennis have Pepperdine and San Diego on the road this weekend, and then women's tennis just has San Diego on the road. Wrestling is three and four. They have Oklahoma State on the road on Friday. They got to get back on track. They are uh, falling behind what we're used to from this wrestling program and would love to see them go on a run here um, in the middle of the season. Water polo, they're four and oh. Uh, they're at number 10 UC San Diego this weekend. So big opportunity for water polo to uh, continue to rise in the rankings. And then, of course, former Sun Devil or Sun Devil alum Brandon Ayuk. He's going to the Super Bowl after beating his former teammate Chase Lucas and the Lions on Sunday. Yeah, huge for him. Um, he was maybe the biggest reason they won. Just NFC Championship in MVP half. in my personal record book. Yeah, that crazy catch that he had. Uh, go look it up if you haven't seen it. Uh, but yeah, it's really awesome for him. And I think I will be rooting for the 49ers in this one just because you know he's a good guy to cover and has really been successful i will also be rooting for the success of brandon Ayuk and the rest of the 49ers clan brock purdy as we've mentioned already yeah on this podcast. For sure. um but for Ayuk, i think about it too just given how highly he was drafted he was a, a late first rounder drafted by the niners had some flashes in that first year where he's getting balls thrown to him from Jimmy G. And then in that second year, they kind of put him in the doghouse. And there were the comments, if you recall, about how he he said, I didn't understand how to practice, but now I do and I'm here to help. And I've loved the growth that I've seen out of Ayuk, not just out of his ability to catch the ball and run his routes, but I, I get giddy watching him set blocks on like run plays. Oh my gosh. He's running all the way down the field with Christian McCaffrey, like just blocking dudes. I, I love what I've seen out of Ayuk. It's so awesome to see his growth, man. If you I'll don't be rooting block for Taylor. I'll be rooting for Taylor Swift. Ooh, not booing Taylor, but booing you. Boo. If I, 
if you don't block in the 49ers system, you will not play. So shout out, Brandon, you for doing that. Anyway, that's going to do it for this edition of State of the Sun Devils. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on all social medias at AZ Sports Devils. You can find everything we do, whether it's our podcast or anything like that, on the Arizona Sports app and ArizonaSports.com. Just click on the video tab. Our podcast will be in there or the podcast tab. Our podcast will be in there as well. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it, and we will talk to you soon.